In a world full of uncertainty, one thing is for sure. Cancer doesn't stop during a global crisis. On Saturday, June 13th, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, LLS, will host a trailblazing event, the Big Virtual Climb, sponsored by AbbVie, to support their investment in groundbreaking research to advance blood cancer cures and its first in-class patient education and services, including financial support and clinical trial navigation. Step up to take cancer down by climbing 61 floors or 1,762 steps. Inside or outside, on stairs, on the road, or on your treadmill, climb your way. Join us for an opening ceremony and then take on your climb with our heart-pumping playlist. Join us on June 13th from coast to coast as we come together to climb, conquer, and cure. Register at lls.org slash bigclimb. All right, everybody working up. Everybody's working. With that time, jersey. Well, look, everybody, there's a lot going on right now, but clearly one big issue of Josh Briscoe with Seth Kaiser and Nate Taylor. Nate, I mentioned you third, so we can go to you first. Uh, Tell us a little bit about the article you have coming out on The Athletic right now. Yeah, hopefully by the time you're listening, uh, this will either be on the app or the website uh, shortly. But look, we're we're entering June. It's it's not much of a news time in the NFL calendar, and I thought it would be nice to examine... Uh, how much do these 2020 Chiefs compare to the 24, 20, yeah, the 2004 Patriots, excuse me, uh, the last team to go back to back? As you well know, the NFL has had a 15 year drought of a repeat champion. It's the longest stretch right. in NFL history that's been around for 100 years. And I just, I think there's some real similarities between that, you know, that this particular Chiefs team and and the 2004 Patriots with Brady and and obviously Belichick, a, a host of collectible stars in their prime. Um, you know, there are some draft, dis- you know, discrepancies, and I'm going to explain some of the the differences too in terms of style and play, and, and you know, playbook and systems. But I think there's a lot of lessons that the Chiefs can take from the 2004 season that the Patriots had, and sort of maybe use them uh, as they move forward towards the 2020 season that we'll see whether it happens or not with like fans or yeah. not. But like, hey, you know, it's uh, it's it's my latest research project, the 2004 Patriots, which I never thought I was gonna ever write, but here we are on June 4th talking about Patriots 2004 season. And also, you mentioned not a big NFL news time. Really nothing else in the world going Nothing's on right gone now. On. Feels like a good time to revisit the 04 Patriots. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no OTAs. <laughs> no mini camps as far as we know. Um, you know, the, the the league came out earlier this week and said, "Hey, um, you know, training camp has to be at the team practice facility." So Oh, yeah, that's it, true. That was news that did happen. Yeah, yeah it was unfortunate that we're not going to go to to St. Joseph um in the months of, you know, late July and, and mid-August, but uh but yeah, usually when you get to June in the NFL calendar, especially in a pandemic year, there's really not much going on. Yeah, no, Seth, uh, we haven't brought you in at all yet. What do you what do you kind of what have you been thinking about this week? Pretty pretty chill time just sort of in general, just taking some maybe kicking your feet up, just taking care of the ducks in the backyard. Yeah, you know, it's been pretty relaxing. Although I I don't know, you and I talked about this on 810 yesterday, the uh the death and destruction that's been raining down on my birds. Yeah. Um but uh, really, the world's biggest you know, problem—the fact you just to make sure, in case anyone didn't listen—Seth uh, lost a chicken to a neighbor dog. Yeah, but we've we we talked it through. We're fine. Yeah. Um. So, but no, I, yeah, it's been pretty chill. I'll tell you what, nothing much going on. Although, starting Friday, according to Adam Schefter, NFL coaches will be allowed to return to their training facilities, as yeah. outlined by a memo 
Yeah. Roger Goodell that went out today. So football is about to come back into my life. And I think we all could use a little bit of football. I think it'll fix all the world's problems. Little... I think it's like that uh, that Pepsi commercial, but we're just handing footballs to everybody. I think there's a strong possibility that that's the case. Yeah. Um, I I just think, man, I need something to unplug for just a little while. Like yesterday, I found myself like, man, I'm going to chart some McCole Hardman routes. <laughs> like I need to do something that feels normal. And it just, it was a good reminder for me. And this is something I've known for years working in, in the area I work in. You cannot focus on problems all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter what it is, whether it's COVID-19 or issues of systemic racism and police brutality. Oh, that, that was the other. God dang it. There was something in the, in the Google Doc. I knew I was forgetting something. <laughs> it's like the entire planet. No matter on what fire. it is. Gosh dang. You've got to. You've got to take some time to just like unplug because if you don't, you will lose your minds. That's why like, you know, so many like child protection attorneys and social workers burn out because like you, you can't stop thinking about it 24-7. It's like, you know, well, what can I do? What are we going to do about this? What do we? And then eventually you can't exist in that as a permanent state because you will freak out. And I don't know, get a bunch of chicks and ducks or something weird. Yeah, that sounds insane. Uh, I I will say loosely speaking in the second half of this show, maybe we will try to do some of the here's your break for 20 minutes. Um, But obviously there's a bunch of stuff to talk about that's Chiefs related, that's not Chiefs related, that's NFL related, that's not NFL related, um, that... That I think we should talk about, and uh, and the three of us have already talked a little bit individually just throughout the week, and um, there's just a lot out here. So um, you guys both have I mean, all. I, I feel like we we all have um, different different bases of of perspectives and ways that maybe can all be helpful. Um, we can also look at at what the chief said and everything, and we'll we'll circle back to that. Um, or I don't know, should we start with a chief statement? How does that sound? We didn't plan any farther than exactly this. <laughs> I'm not nope. sure we even planned this far. Nope. Um, yeah, so it became pretty clear um, if, you know, and obviously we appreciate the listeners and the fact that, you know, this show is, is good about being flexible and not necessarily um, being, you know, structured <laughs> in the way that, like, most <laughs> sports shows are structured. So shout That's out right. to you for letting us be us. Um but, like, it became pretty clear as of, like, Saturday night rolling into Sunday and seeing the amount of protests against police brutality. And, again, I'm going to I'm gonna pause every time. The protests were about police brutality um, across the country, you know, involving um, people of color, primarily African Americans. It became clear as of Sunday that... Once the NFL made its own statement on Saturday, which was really, we're sorry, and we hope to make things better. Although they gave, like, no um, strategic ways about how the NFL is going to try Mm -hmm. to help solve this problem between uh, communities and, you know, law enforcement. But once the league put out a statement Saturday, and once you saw the protests across the country increase on Sunday to where... It's upwards of now 200 cities is what I last saw that like name any city in the country. They're protesting. Um, so on Monday, um, I, I caught wind that Patrick Mahomes was going to 
release a statement of some kind. And with that, and with the league statement, it became pretty clear that the Chiefs were going to make a statement at some point in time because um, I wisely know Tavia Hunt as well as one can as a reporter and, you know, the the wife of Clark Hunt, the owner of, of, the, of the Chiefs. And she had even started putting things on her Instagram account that suggested, you know, how um, frustrated she was at the injustice, uh, obviously, at this point in time, I think most people have even seen or heard um, the unfortunate death killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis at the literal knee of a Minneapolis police officer who's been now arrested and charged, um, I think, as high as second degree murder. So once yep, the, they bumped it up. Yeah. So Patrick Mahomes made a statement that tried to um, as best as one can explain that this was, these are senseless killings involving, you know, he mentioned three particular um, black people who have died um, in just really unjust ways while also saying that, you know, he wants to have a world for his future children, which I thought was very impactful in a lot of ways that like, you know, he does not have children. Him and Brittany aren't even married. Uh, His longtime girlfriend, but like, how can we how can we make this better? And I need to condemn this while also trying to project what the future hopefully can be, because, you know, everyone needs to speak out on systemic racism and things of, of, of the sort. And the Chiefs basically put their statement out a couple hours after Patrick's and had the same phrase. And it's about as close um, as the Chiefs were comfortable going with. And the phrase is. They describe these these deaths as senseless murders. Um, and police brutality is not mentioned in the statement. But what I've tried to explain to people since then is like the undertone in the message is clearly towards police brutality without actually saying those two words. Um, so the team has made a choice to make a statement. They've essentially shut down all their social media promotional platforms uh, whether it's tweets, Instagrams, uh, their website has basically gone dark. I assume that'll be the case throughout the rest of the week. I'm not really sure when it'll get back to normal. And so the Chiefs understand that this is a significant time in American history, not just involving sports, but just as an entire country. And it is interesting that the Chiefs, a Super Bowl championship team who has a collection of players, whether it's uh, of Canadian descent with Laurent Duvenet Tardif, whether it's black players, uh, you know, there's several that you can name. Uh, obviously, Patrick Mahomes mentioned how he is biracial, you know, black father, white mother. And then obviously there's white players and the owner of the team. They are all sort of trying their best to present a unified message to its fan base and to the rest of the country to say that, you know, there needs, you know, I think the Chiefs message was it's senseless murders and we need to love one another. And you can't have both, right? You can't have police brutality, but also claim to be a country where everybody treats everyone with respect when obviously there's statistical and now physical evidence to, you know, show all of this. So for the Chiefs, um, they're one of the teams that are not being mocked because of their statement because they kind of came as close as they could come to police brutality based on my interpretation of it. And Patrick Mahomes tried his best to use this platform to sedate, to suggest that like, while he has not 
experienced racism, um, he completely understands what the country ultimately faces as a larger issue and hopes to find solutions and hopes to be a part of that solution. Um, I'm, I'm going to just read the Chiefs' full statement here. Again, there are a bunch of statements a lot of players have put out and everything. Um, but I'm going to read the Chiefs one really quick. They, they, they published Chiefs' Kingdom. This first paragraph made me a little bit nervous because it's not about it's just about them not posting on social media, but it turns around. Chiefs Kingdom. This week was scheduled to be the culmination of the Relive campaign, the end of a journey we started in March celebrating our Super Bowl 54 championship run. We will continue to relive the pinnacle of last year's historic season soon, but we believe our collective attention should be focused on the important conversations that are happening in our country. The senseless murders of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Ahmaud Arbery are a grievous reminder of the inequality that exists in our nation. We all have an opportunity and a responsibility to advocate for change. Part of the mission of the Chiefs is to, quote, unite our community, unquote, and we need unity now more than ever. We will get back to bringing you updates and an inside look at your team in the days to come, but for now, we encourage you to listen to, uh, to, to we encourage you to listen to, learn from, and most importantly, love one another. Uh, Seth, did anything strike you from the statement one way or another? Uh, it's pretty... You know, it's about what you'd expect, I think, from a from a relatively corporate entity. I, you know, I, I think I'm, I'm appreciative that they're willing to say something. I think most people will probably wonder what the follow-up will be mm-hmm. in terms of, because, you know, it says change is needed and it's our job. And I'm paraphrasing here. Yep, yep. Um, to, you know, advocate and try to push for change, right? Mm-hmm. And I think... I think where a lot of people probably get hung up is they see statements like this, especially from a corporate entity or even from people. And it's, I think it's pretty easy to talk. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like if you scroll through Facebook and you see all these people talking about all these things that are important to them. And you know, like some of those people in your life that like, you know them Mm -hmm. and it's like, yeah, but what you're saying, like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's probably a point of frustration for some people, myself included, to an extent. Um, I, I know the Chiefs are involved in a lot of charitable stuff. Um, it's hard to not be cynical when businesses are involved in charitable things mm-hmm. because, you know, businesses have PR departments and there's almost always an ulterior motive. So I don't know. I think that's what stands out to me. I I appreciate a lot of what they had to say. What I'm curious is if they have any follow-up in terms of what they'll be willing to, because they're an organization. Mostly what it comes down to from an organization is what checks they're willing to write and where they're willing to write them. Mm -hmm. And and that's, and look, here's the deal. I mean, that's important. We need check writers. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We need that. And so the big thing is what I'd like to know is, you know, maybe who they're going to work with in terms of like, you know, if they throw their voice behind certain ideas, I saw that it looks like uh, Kansas City is interested or is uh, procuring um, body cams yep. for, for all law enforcement. You know, the Chiefs throwing their support in, in a way behind something like that, whether it's writing a check, whether it's something like that, that, that does matter. And, you know, body cams, there are, you know... I personally wouldn't like to have every second I'm at work documented on camera, but I'm not a law enforcement officer that has a tremendous amount of power over people, right? And faces a bunch of really dangerous situations to where a body cam can protect everyone, right? I can just tell you working firsthand with the police, false accusations happen all the time. At least where I am. Oh, they did this. They did that. You watch. You watch the the video. And you're like, no, they didn't. 
And sometimes you watch the video and you're like, dude, what the crap? And something needs to get done, right? So that's like the kind of thing that I think people can get behind because there's there's accountability and it, it helps everyone involved when there's more accountability. So long road to a short thought is I'd like to see what they're going to be writing their checks for. I don't count on organizations like the Chiefs to necessarily be a vocal leader in social issues because I don't know why I should think they're qualified to do that. You know what I mean? Um, but I am interested in them cutting checks to good causes that can actually effectuate the change that they reference. So, quick fact. Um, it has been proven based on researchers of, of activist groups that while body cams are a step in the right direction, it will not solve the total issue. Um, Correct. There are some police officers who have chosen to not have their body cameras on when a certain incident. Yep of injustice occurs. So just, just want to make that point. And then secondly, um, I I think at some point later this month, hopefully, um, since we're now entering June and as we get closer to what now appears to be a, a, a home training camp, not one where you go, um, to the, you know, Missouri Western state university up in St. Joseph, I'm assuming we'll get, um, team president, Mark Donovan, um, whether that's on Zoom or, or some conference call. But it, it will be interesting to ask him that specific question that, that Seth brings up. Like, okay, you guys made a statement. You are clearly trying to do some good. Um, what will the team be willing to do that maybe was not done three years ago, four years ago, when obviously Colin Kaepernick tried to bring awareness to police brutality by kneeling during the national anthem as a way of you know peacefully protesting um, his, you know, and using his right as an American to do such. Now, um, a lot of people bring up what occurred in 2016, particularly what occurred in 2017 in light of all of this. But I think mm-hmm. it will be interesting to ask Mark Donovan, what does Clark Hunt want to do? What does the Chiefs as an organization want to do? Um, obviously, the Chiefs have not made any comments that have been inflammatory at this point, which, hello, not every NFL organization <laughs> can say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the Chiefs are off to a good start, kids. Like, by the way, the Chiefs have handled this as well as one would hope. Uh, and you would hope that, and I think I would assume, uh, just knowing the people in the organization, that while they've made a statement Monday, that is not, you know, that's not the end of their discussion internally as to Seth's idea of like, okay, well, where are you going to write your checks? Is it going to be for the Black Lives Matter movement? Is it going to be to help, uh, you know, maybe decriminalize or help, you know, people who are um, sort of arrested for nonviolent crimes um, just be given a more of a fair uh, sort of chance in the legal system or just the idea that like, hey, maybe you would want to help police better understand how to like actually protect and serve at a higher rate. So these questions are, are things that obviously we're all fascinated with. And, you know, I'll do my best to keep informing people as to what the chiefs are going to do. But this leads to the suggestion, Josh, that um, because of where we are in our Lord's 2020, whenever the NFL comes back, I just anticipate that somebody from just about every team is going to protest probably in the same vein that Colin Kaepernick did a couple years ago. And, you know, NFL's owners and fans and even some of us in the media who are sort of like made uncomfortable by, I think we all have to get to the point where 
I won't be surprised if somebody protests by taking a knee just because of the things we mentioned earlier as to how mm-hmm. George Floyd was killed by a Minnesota mm-hmm. police officer putting his knee on his neck. And you can watch that video that's almost nine minutes long. Um, the symbolism, the layering to all of this, the hurt and pain that any American should feel, not just black Americans, but any American. And obviously we've seen protests across the entire world because they see our injustice while we promote the idea that like we're a democracy and everyone is treated equally. Um, I just think we're going to see people protest at a high rate if we have a season Whenever that starts, whether there are fans in the stadiums or not, it's peaceful. Nate. I like no, all that. Everyone's gonna everyone's gonna be fine with it if it happens. It's peaceful. As I've been told that we're good now. It is a peaceful. You know, it is, it is technically qualified note. as a peaceful protest. I mean, sure, I don't, yeah. Nate, you 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 mentioned uh, not stepping in it, and you and I talked last night about this, and I'm just I just want to say you talk about you know some not everyone's managed to avoid controversy. Is there anyone in the world? Who loves Drew Brees more than Vic Fangio does? <laughs> no, dude. No, you're so right. Anyone? You know, you know, I, I got one. I got one for you. The entire sport of baseball would be my my other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Major League Baseball and COVID nineteen yeah. yes. love Drew Brees. Yes, <laughs> like they're like, hey, thanks, bro. COVID nineteen yeah. viruses. Uh, your virus eye, virus. Uh, I don't know. I don't know either. Actually, they are sitting there like, hey. Thanks, bro. Uh, yep. We, we, <laughs> thank thanks, you. Thanks for taking a little heat for a second. Obviously, yeah. um, you know, if you're if you're listening, God. obviously, you know, we're all friends. Uh, I'm sure Danielle's laughing yes. while she can also chime in whenever she wants. Our, you know, illustrious producer. But yeah, I mean, Vic Fangio saying that there's no <laughs> racism in the NFL is, I mean, if you can't laugh while also being just like. Just shaking your head at the at the comment, just. But 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 me. I'm sure he meant it. (laughs) (laughs) But meanwhile, meanwhile, Vic, you know there was a time not too long ago, Vic Fangio, where John Elway had to literally say on a deposition, "Yeah, dog, we 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 really didn't want Colin Kaepernick because, um, Mm -hmm. mm, yeah, how can I phrase this? Um, He protested (laughs) police brutality." Well, and, and, he, and this, by the way, and, look, and by the way, uh, the it, NFL it, had to give Colin Kaepernick money because it had been proven, without a reasonable doubt, to a large degree that yeah, they he 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 was not presented the opportunities that um, people lesser than him from a talent standpoint were were given. Um, and what what did Akeem Hicks say? We, we signed, signed Mike, Mike Lennon. Lennon. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, with 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 but, you know, the thing with Fangio, he's been coaching the league for what forty years, at least yeah. like at least twenty years of so of, like, like he was a high school he, coach. He's, yeah, he's been coaching more than long enough to where it was fairly uncommon for black quarterbacks to exist. Hmm. Like if if I were gonna like present evidence to someone that they can just look at. Right. Mm -hmm. In terms of like, you know, if someone's like, you know, I'm not really convinced that there's racism at the NFL level where we we don't we we, we don't know. Right. What I would present to people would be look who the best quarterbacks in the NFL are right now. Mm -hmm. Okay, Mm -hmm. obviously, there's Patrick Mahomes and there's everyone else. Shout out to Patrick Mahomes. He's awesome. Then Russell Wilson, second best. Right. Is there Mm -hmm. any debate about that? Like that's one and two. No. Yeah. Based on the MVP vote. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you 
Then you you kind of look around. Um, then you've got Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. is in there somewhere. Um, I don't think he's at the same level. Deshaun Watson's in there somewhere. He's not at the same level. I, multiple of the best. If you name like the best seven quarterbacks in the league, probably four or five of them are going to be black. Okay. And so here's the reason why I'm bringing this up. Like 20 years ago, what was there like one or two black quarterbacks? Yeah, I could, two or three. I could do. I could do a search real quick. Give me, give me, give me thirty seconds. <laughs> the nineteen. The reason this season. is so relevant to me, yeah, it was a Friday Night Lights episode, people, where they talked about this. There was a mentality that black people could not play quarterback because you know they couldn't handle the position, and we've seen now. Unless we think that there was some remarkable change over the last 20, 30 years. You know, I mean, man, we we know we know what could happen. We talked about this last week. Warren Moon was slinging it in the early '90s, and that would be the first thing I would talk because, like, that's what you got to start with, right? Because we sit here and we laugh at what Vic Fangio says. There might be people out there like, "Well, what's wrong with what he said?" It's like, well, the evidence no not is at all. not pointed in favor of what he said by a fairly sizable margin. So let's just look at that and have a conversation. He tried to walk it back and then Drew Brees saved him. He so really did. He So did. here's here's the beginning. Drew Brees was essentially asked um Drew Brees was asked about everything going on on Yahoo Finance by the way. Not Yahoo Sports. He's on Yahoo Finance. I don't know how that happened. It makes it, it makes it a little funnier. But he was asked about everything going on right now and if he feels a responsibility as a leader to um, to to have these conversations, and you know, and the interviewer did mention Colin Kaepernick, right. and if you think you know, could the protests come back, and, and then what do you as a leader on your team think should happen here? And Drew Brees' statement began his his answer began with, "I will never agree with anyone anybody disrespecting the flag of the United States of America or our country. Let me just tell what I look or uh, what I see or what I feel when the national anthem is played when I look at the flag of the United States." He talks about the grandfathers fighting in World War II and how it moves in the tears. And all of that. And he says, uh, you know, is everything right with our country right now? No, it's not. He talks in there somewhere about the civil rights movement and how he sees that whenever he looks at the flag, which I think is funny because I think he thought he did something there and he it didn't did help it, did, for me. Did he land the plane? Um, no. But it, 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 it crashed. I, I don't think... I don't think that landed quite like he thought it would. Um, and so that that's what Drew Brees said. And there was an, uh, an immense amount of backlash, including from uh, Emmanuel Sanders and Michael Thomas. So he is exclusively throwing to Taysom Hill this year. <laughs> Taysom Hill's going to go for 4,000 receiving yards because he's catching every pass from Drew Brees. He's getting every target. I mean, let's face it. Drew Brees is still going to pass for forty five hundred and thirty. I mean, yes, yes. it's going to happen. Yes, it's just, it's just, it's, it's just that Riley Cooper's going to have Drew, to come Drew out of Brees. retirement to catch passes from. Him. <laughs> That's unfair, but it's a good no, it joke. Was. All right, I will not have you pretend that wasn't funny. It was funny. You can pretend it was unfair, it, but it was, it was funny. funny. But like Seth, it, I, I laughed. Thank you, Nick. Um, it, it, I, I chuckled. The, the. You're pretty far away from the mic without chuckle, Seth. You chuckled. You chuckled right into your. You chuckled in your elbow like you were having a nice little cough. Is what what happened there? You vampire vampire chuckled. Hear every running play from Sean Payton's headset and automatically audible to a passing play. Because if there was ever a season (laughs) where Drew Brees needed to prove himself, both on the field and off, it's the 2020 season, kids. Um, yeah. So the issue with Drew Brees, yeah. In short, is that um. He had 
what essentially came down to four years of learning from black teammates or just black people in general as to like why Colin Kaepernick chose to protest in this particular way, which by the way, when he, you know, was thinking of an idea of what to do to make, you know, police brutality against black people, um, a, a national topic, he actually went to someone in the military who told him one of the best ways you could, you know, make your point but not disrespect anybody is actually kneeling during the national anthem because kneeling in the military is a sign of and and you know help me out guys if if I'm getting any of this wrong but like it, it is a sign that like you are still respecting what the flag and what the country aspires to be and says it wants to be even though we are human beings and we make massive mistakes all the time um so he it's not like he didn't think this through which i think was one of the biggest misconceptions about colin kaepernick was that he just one day all of a sudden was like i'm gonna do this and not have like a thought process as to like how to explain what he's trying to get at you could say he wasn't the best messenger at the time but still like he he tried his best with his understanding so drew doesn't understand that Mm -hmm. he also doesn't acknowledge the fact that like well it's 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 not about the flag and if you can't get this part right, Drew, how are you ever right. going to get the larger discussion that most people in America want to have? And for his black teammates in particular, not just people in the league, but for his black teammates in particular, it's going to be fascinating to see how they try to educate him. Because so much of this is just purely about education, finding knowledge, listening in a way that is both you know, hopefully effective, but like, it's going to have to be, you know, really difficult for people to do something that maybe they haven't done for the majority of their adult life, which appears to be the case with Drew in this, in this certain topic. I also find it hilarious that, you know, at one point in time, cause I've seen the photos at one point in time, you know, Drew did take a knee when the saints decided as a team we need to we need to project mm-hmm. unity or we need mm-hmm. to project an understanding of as to what is wrong with the country from just like a human level standpoint. So right. he he could you know, and I think I think Danielle mentioned this before we started recording, but hey, you know, he did black out his Instagram, you know, on Tuesday. I mean he he was he was trying he, he was trying, y'all. Drew yeah. Brees was out yeah. here trying, but he's gotta try better. And he's gotta mm. he's gotta just understand the, the larger picture. Yeah. So if you can't get the small things right, how are you ever gonna understand the bigger things? Um, I don't know how he could like Josh sort of alluded to, I don't know how he could see or hear about the video involving George Floyd's death and then obviously just transition to like the flag when the question was never Boom. Not what he was uh, asked. What, those what two was connected? the question specifically? I, I've tried to. It was a bit of a winding. It was it was a bit of a winding road. Oh, okay. the, the clip. I don't. I thought of, I thought about seeing if if we could drop the the clip in. Um, but the the interviewer does sort of go to a variety of levels and talks about him being a leader. And it does mention that you know could that kind of protesting come back? But then what do you see as your responsibility sure. as a leader on your team and in the NFL and everything? It is about as winding of a question as I have sort of paraphrased <laughs> it as, and I do not have it verbatim in front of me. So, but I mean, he still had the option, and I think Nate. Nate, you make a lot of good points there. He's, he had the option of going to a bunch of different levels. And I think where where I was initially thrown by the reaction to, to, to Breeze, 
you you and I we we talked about this during the Kaepernick stuff. I I personally think um saying things like the flag is sacred and man I I'm going to upset some people here and I'm very sorry. I I I apologize if this if this upsets you. I don't believe the the flag of the United States of America is sacred. I, I think the Bible is sacred, right? Sacred is a very particular word. Yep. Okay. So the the idea of people kneeling during, that never bothered me. It just doesn't. It's like, well, no, it's the way they're protesting. It is what it is. Like that never bothered me. I, I was trying to figure out though how people got from A to B with Breeze. Like they got from his answer to how upset people are. And Nate, you talking about, you know, people not, it, it's it's reflective of not listening and not getting the point and not even getting the point on the littlest things and then just jumping immediately to a different talking point, which then, and tell me if I'm, if I'm kind of paraphrasing you wrong. No, here, no, you're good. By jumping immediately to, to a different talking point, you are unintentionally, I'm sure in his case, you, you shift the conversation. And so he could have in any number of ways said, I would, I, I, I would rather they pick something else. However, this is the, 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 the larger issue remains this. I personally don't necessarily agree with doing this because I feel, I think Regardless of intention, it's disrespectful to the flag. However, like, you know, he yeah, could have couched uh-huh. this a million different yep. ways. And he he also could have left that part out. He also just could have talked about the validity right. of the I, protests. Yeah. And left the, he either, could have left the e- media either out way, completely. Either way works. Like, either way is just like, we're asking you because, and I and I said this to Seth last night too, and, and I think anyone who listens will agree. Outside of like Tom Brady is obviously the face of the NFL. That is going to be the case for as long as he plays, whether he's 55, 45, 75. If Tom Brady is a uniform, he represents the NFL more than any player on the league level. Second might be Drew Brees, which is like, like <laughs> absurd. Um, yeah. Yes. Lamar Jackson is a phenomenon and he is amazing, but like he's only in like year two going into year three. Patrick Mahomes, the youngest player, player ever to win a MVP and a Super Bowl MVP, he still isn't Tom Brady, and he does not have the stature, nor the longevity, nor the significant impact to his city, the way Drew Brees, who came after Hurricane Katrina, Mm -hmm. helped emotionally and from a cultural standpoint uplift an entire region. Not a city, not a state, an entire region. So in some ways, Drew Brees is like the second biggest player in the NFL from a face standpoint, which is why Yahoo Finance is like, let's get Drew Brees on the horn. And it would have been great if Drew Brees just understood what people were protesting about. He could have included his own personal, you know, feelings towards it, or he could not have. He could have projected or deflected or say, I don't want to answer that right now. Or, hey, I'm just trying to get out here and, and like get some education or like get some understanding. But like for black people, how does Drew Brees not understand the issue? Um, that's, that's like the harder, that's like the hardest, that's the hardest thing that I can sort of, I guess, criticize him for. It's just like, how do you, like, the question may not have been presented to you in the best possible way. I understand that because I ask people questions all the time and I'm terrible at it half the time. Um, but, (laughs) but how do you not understand, how do you not understand the larger issue, Drew? But sure, like. Just insert the flag, upset people of military backgrounds, whether they're black, white or other uh, complexions of their skin. And, you know, I think people should check out Wendell Pierce's uh, response to Drew, because obviously he's from New Orleans, um, a very respectful, 
famous actor who sort of explained how his own, you know, his own family roots for Drew Brees because of what he means to New Orleans while also understanding they also served in the military too and that's like not the issue. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a long it's a long it's a it's a big problem and you know, I think Seth will allude to this too but like at some point we got to forgive Drew Brees and hopefully he at some point will be willing to listen and to get some better education or a better grasp of the, of the situation so that, you know, he can be used in a positive way and not just a scapegoat. Who's going to be beaten to death on social media for the next, however many days, (laughs) which is fair. You know, obviously I think, I think half of Aaron Rodgers statement, I'm not, I'm not joking. I think half of Aaron Rodgers statement yesterday was, directly saying so you saying Drew, Drew said what? He said what on y'all? <laughs> hand, hand me the yeah. phone. What? Yeah. yeah. On y'all, on y'all finance? finance? He, yeah. I got a Super Bowl ring yeah. and I don't even think what? Let me put out a statement. I yeah, think that's I, I literally think half of Aaron Rodgers' statement was like look I don't feel like I need to say anything because I completely understand what's going on. Would it be helpful if I said a statement? Sure, but like, let me just let me just sit back and like observe how the country's going right now. And then Drew Brees said what, and he was like, "Okay, well, I guess on behalf of another white Super Bowl winning quarterback, I cannot let this go." I just mm-mm, mm-mm. sure. It did feel very responsive. Yep. <laughs> I feel like I've been just like hoarding my talking chips so I can spin them all right here really quick. Do it. I, I even teased, Let I teased it go. you guys on this before the show. I was like, there's one there's one thing about Drew Brees' statement that uh his his comment there that really, really frustrates me. And it becomes a microcosm of a bunch of other things just that we have culturally right now. But there, the the Adam Schefter tweet um, was my favorite little summary of it. Schefter tweeted with a link to the story, Drew Brees calls for unity, but said he, quote, will never agree with anybody disrespecting the flag. And I think the word unity has literally lost <laughs> all meaning at this point. It is such a smoke bomb. It is either to say, look over there at the smoke or look at the smoke right here while I get the hell out of here. Because the the act of of coming together is a beautiful thing that everybody would like. That's that's an an American ideal that I think we're all on board with. But this whole statement of, I'm unity, but don't you ever disrespect the flag. A a standpoint that he's building there that is not necessary. As Nate pointed out, I I have no interest in relitigating if kneeling during the national anthem is disrespectful or not. That can... Drew Brees should have been able to, and frankly, anyone who is confused now should be able to um, discern the difference between those acts, I would say, but I'm not even interested in that at this point. The idea, though, of let's unify, let's all, why can't we all come together? It feels so very much in Brees' answer there that he's saying, hey, come unify with me over here. Like, I, my arms are open. I am waiting for you to come and unify where yeah, I am on he, this side right, he's of the road, to at least as of now, or or, or, or when he made the he, comments, his feet are rooted in there, and they have yeah. been for years. Yeah, that's a really that's a really good thought, Josh. And I think what you're describing is one of the reasons why we're having a tough time finding unity, because I think that particular stance, "Come unify with me," is very common. And unfortunately, I think you're right. 
I think it is common and it can be pervasive in our in our general discourse as a country. But the, the thing that really frustrates me within that, and I'm not saying this is where you're headed, but someone tweeted this to me also. And so I've had time to think about that particular response. Sometimes the middle isn't the right place. Sometimes the middle isn't actually the solution. Many times it can be. I'm not saying that all compromises are evil or anything like that. But but in this conversation, if someone goes, black lives matter, and you go, you know what? Black lives usually matter, or black lives matter sometimes, or whatever, that's, that is as morally reprehensible of a, of a, a mindset as just going, no, they don't. Like th- th- those half measures, half measures are not always the the firm moral right thing to do I, and i think that so often divisiveness as a concept as a big faceless cloud divisiveness becomes the enemy and it because it becomes the problem and we don't talk about the cause of the problems and we don't put a name on what they actually are cuz we just say we're so divided as a country we're so divided on this topic that we never actually take the time to think maybe some of my beliefs and some of my standpoints and some of the ways that i take this question and i make it about the american flag or whatever how that is contributing, not by being more divisive. I don't care that Drew Brees has an opinion that I don't agree with. What 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 drives me nuts is the idea that an opinion can be we're divided and we need to come together. And then there's this this rage of applause that can come for that, not in Brees's instance, mm-hmm. but in, in many. It's we're divided, we gotta come together. Woo! You're so <laughs> right. We so do. And no one ever says we need to come together against this or right. against this or against that. It's why the, the chief statement not mentioning police brutality is a rings a little hollow, even though I, I I'm giving gold stars for passing grades right now on statements. They didn't do the Knicks right. thing or the Islanders right. thing. So they're it's cool. They're good. Yeah. But but I, I hate so much this idea that we just need to unify. We can all wrap ourselves in the flag and be united. And that's not how the not that the reality for many, many people, specifically ones who don't look like Drew Brees. And it's not a useful unification tactic to say we must unify against divisiveness because that's saying nothing. It's just yeah. hot air. And, right. The idea the, the idea is without having a, a a stance, if you're just fighting divisiveness. Okay, we're unified, but where are we unified? Like it's you're you're swinging, you're swinging, but your eyes are closed and you're just hitting air. Sure, and and so that I think that's a really good point because um, it, it's kind of it, it's one of those classic things that you'll actually hear in debates or or at times it's like, well, yeah, but to what end? Like, what is the the mm-hmm. overarching point? Because you make a good point, Josh. You know, unity in and of itself is technically meaningless or neutral at best, right? Let's say we're all yeah. unified that yeah. we need to uh, kill all baby seals. Yes. We're very unified. Yes. Because but that doesn't mean that's killing... bad. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm saying we've decided to unify that it's good to kill baby seals. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, my please, apologies. Please please don't make this the, uh, <laughs> the lead in. <laughs> I've had a rough week on Twitter. Please don't do that to me. Um... But if you're unified for that, great, you're unified. But the thing you're unified for is not good. You you know, and that's where it becomes important to understand that unity in and of itself is not 
It, it is something to aspire to, but only if the thing in which you are unified about, it's like the basis, uh, a popular thing that, that Christians like to say is your faith is as only, only as good as the thing that you have faith in, right? Like mm-hmm. if I have faith in Josh Briscoe to be my Lord and Savior, I can have all the faith in the world. You're doing good. That's you're doing pretty good. And, uh, and I do, Josh. No. But to tack on another thing there, if you are neutral on killing baby seals, and you're saying, why can't we all just, why can't we all just find neutrality on killing baby seals? Exactly. You might, just hit them. Just club them. Just do it. You're, you are not in a better moral place than the people actually doing it. You're just standing idly by. Yeah. So, and and I think the the one danger in that at times where I see that idea go too far, Nate. I'm so no, no, sorry. No, no, no. You're I, fine. I go for it. I swear off talking over Nate. No, no, no. You're fine. The the one area where I I do agree to an extent. One thing that bothers me sometimes with that idea that neutrality is the opposition. And I actually had a really great conversation with someone who had talked about this with another kind of political issue saying, if you're silent on this, you're part of the problem. And I pointed out to him, I said, well, you know, I've never heard you talk about child abuse. I've never heard you talk Mm -hmm. about absentee parents. I've never heard you talk about the methamphetamine plague. I've never heard you talk about, you know, this, that, and the other thing. I've never heard you talk about, you know, the the people that are being sold into sex trafficking right now. Does that mean you're part of the problem there? No, because, because there's there, a distinct there, difference there, though, Seth. There's a, there's a distinct difference there. It's that Drew Brees got asked about something. If you, sure. look, you're right. I don't use my Twitter platform to speak out against sex trafficking. And and, and should I? Maybe. I, I'm not totally sure. But if you ask me, do you have a stance on sex trafficking? And I go, oh, you know, listen, I feel like we just need to come together and we got to find the nice middle ground on sex trafficking. Right. And that That's completely different. What if I asked you something like, you know, people want to protest against sex trafficking and the way they want to do it is X. And the thing that is X is something that is offensive to you. You might respond, well, I'd rather they not do it in that way, but that doesn't mean you're pro-sex trafficking, right? It de- I think it depends on how you're setting up that that line of questioning and where you're taking it. And right That's now we are, we are in such a unique public place as far as our discourse that I, I think that I, I don't think that's a, a necessarily like a bad faith uh, hypothetical that you're throwing out there. I just don't sure. think it's really applicable to how specific this one is. There is wiggle room there and not every neutral Very person yeah, needs right. to be crucified. But but in Very this fair. one, I just think it's right there. Right. Yeah, I, I think my two thoughts are, again, we... When people say um, ignorant or things that sort of prove that their education has not has not expanded to better understand the overall issues at hand, we should give them we should also give them the ability to better themselves and give them the, the, the ways of which they can they can understand the situation more. And then secondly, then this brings it back to sort of the chief standpoint, you know. Any Chiefs fan um, during the Andy Reid era will say that Andy Reid has been one of the best NFL coaches, not on the field, but also in sort of cultivating a locker room, getting guys to hold each other accountable, and having like legitimate, long-lasting relationships um, across positions, across you know, obviously race, and you know, I I have understood just seeing it from my own eyes the 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 chemistry and the rapport and the relationships that are in that locker room, particularly of the team that just went and won the Super Bowl. And anybody on that team will sort of allude to the fact that the coaching staff and the organization as a whole has equipped people to just express themselves in a way that was not usually the case in the way we came to learn NFL football of like the 70s and the 80s. Um, so Andy Reid is a unique coach 
um, before any of this happened. I'm fascinated to see what he will say when he makes his first public comments in light of this. And as we push towards the season, people who are Chiefs fans are going to understand that a couple years ago, Marcus Peters was a divisive player, not just for the fan base, but for the entire organization. Like there were some guys on the team who really loved and respected Marcus Peters and his willingness to sort of align himself, whether you agree with it or not, he aligned himself with Colin Kaepernick's Mm -hmm. protest. Did he handle it the way that like some people probably want, or did it help the, the awareness of the issue involving police brutality? That is your, that is your sort of, um, that's your opinion. Um, he tried his best. He was also young and was he the best messenger? Like we can have those deeper discussions about it, but he at least gave himself the ability to do that. And Clark Hunt, while he disproved of it at the time, um, still allowed the players to have some level of flexibility when it came, when it comes to this issue. Now he was eventually traded um, because there were (laughs) inner locker room issues. And I'll just put it at that. um, That weren't about the protests (laughs) that just weren't about the protests. Mm -hmm. He much like Steven Nelson did not love Bob Sutton. Anyway, um, much like, much like Josh Briscoe (laughs) while we're at it, just while we're taking, taking role. Hey, is see now this is an example of something we can be unified on that is a good cause. <laughs> see, that's not Bob that Sutton's time as a defensive coordinator. <laughs> that's right. So he that's was right. he was so 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 quickly traded, and that you know allowed the team to get a, a second round pick. I think I don't know if that pick turned out to be um, McCall Hardman, but like you know, I can't go through the particulars. But anyway, like he was traded, and he has moved on. He's in Baltimore, still playing football at a high level. Uh, all things considered, um, yes, a very high level. So. It appears that, again, if we have a 2020 season of any kind, how much is Clark Hunt going to give the freedom of expression for his players? How much is he going to support them? Um, the Chiefs have been very upfront about like trying to do more in terms of the community since the Colin Kaepernick um, began protesting. It has been subtle, whereas probably now it needs to be more given a spotlight from the, from the organization itself. But, like, players have tried to do their best to, you know, be serventing their issues while also having the support of the organization. And so I'm just fascinated to know what will, how will Andy Reid try to lead his guys when obviously there's, there's a lot of hurt and there's a lot of sorrow and just plenty of injustice um, in regards to how black people are treated in the country and also giving them, you know, will he give them the freedom to, to, to protest in the way they feel is, is right for them and the way that they believe is peaceful while also trying to be the best they can at football. Yes. Um, and how will Clark Hunt handle that? I mean, these are questions that will go on for probably the rest of the calendar year, at least until we get to like the playoffs when, you know, things are at the, you know, from a football standpoint at its highest, but it is, it is fascinating to know that the inner, the in-person, the, the personal relationships in that locker room, give the Chiefs a chance to be on the positive side of this or at least start from a positive standpoint than where a lot of NFL teams are. And because they're an organization that at least is not so stuck in the past or is not so willing to listen to the players because of who the head coach is and because of who their owner is and the lineage to to, to Lamar Hunt and basically what he did for players who were at historically black colleges and universities back in the 1960s 
one would hope that the Chiefs would be progressive or out front or a leading franchise for the NFL to sort of build this around. But these are questions that I'm interested in sort of not only exploring, but seeing what their answers are going to be as we move closer to like actual football and training camp. Um, we need to, to wrap up here, I know. So I, I a couple of things real quick. First of all, uh, I've gotten the all clear, guys, that we will uh, we'll do our Roman ad next week. Just think it would have been un- think it would have been unfair to to our good friends at Roman. <laughs> yeah, to, I think it would have been a tough a tough spot. And also, this is going to at least sound like a uh, shameless self cross promotion. But uh, <laughs> but but Seth and I talked uh, on on Tuesday on almost entirely sports about um, a bunch of things like Minnesota law, which is uh, totally different. Actually, it's all about bears and buffaloes and living in the Great White North and all of that. Um, How to keep your chickens alive. Stuff that's like that. right. Uh, so if you're interested in hearing um, mostly Seth on that, that's on Almost Entirely Sports. <laughs> and then uh, Nate and I are talking tonight. You may, it may be up already, depending on when this show comes up. Um, but if you are interested in hearing from them, you can go to aes.show and hear. That's got all of my podcasts from my radio show. So it is very <laughs> self-serving, but I promise. But we love here you. Here I'm extending it because it's it's hearing more from Nate and Seth. Yeah, but, so, we, but we love you. And we uh, love you guys for listening. Thank you. And you look, look, this yes. is a football podcast. And Vic Fangio said some wild things. Uh, Drew Brees doesn't <laughs> oh, understand. Vic. The issues at hand, and hey, the Chiefs, uh, the Chiefs called uh, the deaths of you know black people senseless murders. Which again, at yeah, no point in the accurately. sixty-one year history of the in, of the of the Chiefs' existence have they ever put out a statement yeah. with that much impact. And for Clark Hunt to do that um, is is indicative of the time we are in American history, but also like the NFL is the biggest sports cultural thing in america and it's we you 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 can't just untie these two things um from the from the larger grand scheme of of it all because at some point they're gonna have to play football and again while the chiefs i also need to make this point too like none of the chiefs players at least publicly have we seen protest in the streets with people but i have yet to see anybody on the chiefs roster whether that's on twitter instagram or in comments public um, where they have not been on the side of we need to do better and we want to do better. And, you know, Chiefs players have been pretty quick to say that black lives matter. And I think as a fan uh, who wants to get to know these guys on both a football and personal level, it is interesting and it's our job to inform you of these sort of developments because uh, the Chiefs, again, are one of these few teams right now who are saying things that, when we look back on it from a historical standpoint, you could say perhaps maybe the Chiefs were one of the better teams at understanding the issues before they really bubbled and got started and were willing to a certain degree to be publicly to the idea that there are just injustices in America and they see them, they acknowledge them, and they are unified as of now um, to trying to get this to be an issue that won't haunt America in the future years because obviously it, it has haunted America literally since it ever, you know, became a, an independent country. But, you know, we'll get to talk football more. It's going to happen. Obviously the impressions will continue. The adderies will keep going, but this is a, this is a pivotal moment in America and the chiefs, you know, in making one statement did a lot 
uh, that some other teams have been willing to do so far. Yeah. Um, it's not quite the energy we usually end the show on, but I would actually like to, to make the offering of uh, the way we can laugh our way out of this out of this show today. Of all of the NFL statements, the NFL-based statements that came out over the course of this last week, of all of the coaches that spoke out, the one man who had like an eight-part like tweet thread with a graphic for each of them and who spoke eloquently and took the issue on head-on, spoke pretty well, said some good things. Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien oh, finally gets the Bill O'Brien gets the thumbs up from Time Zars on an issue. It's unbelievable, but it's it's when, true. When he puts this I'm googling this right now. I did I there's no way this is accurate. When he, when he puts the glasses on, sometimes he can see clearly. That's right. That's right. He finally saw clearly. <laughs> he puts he oh, didn't no. he didn't run a fake punt on systemic racism. He didn't. He went, you know what? He We're really gonna actually didn't. attack this thing head on. So, Bill O'Brien, good on you. you. You bring us so much joy. I'm glad for once it's in a positive way hey, for you, you know, also. Whether, I feel like you, you know, needed this. You, you know, NBC, if we have this game on September 10th, when you hear the, you, you know, the Sunday night football music, Bill That's O'Brien, right. Andy Reid, you know, these, you these men guys, understand the issues at hand, and we're going to start an NFL yeah, season. Yeah. Here's okay. If you want to know why the Bill O'Brien thing, Michael Thomas was asking about him, and one of the things he said is, "I wasn't expecting Bill O'Brien to be that thorough and spot on." Right? <laughs> it's like neither was that I. is exactly. I am flabbergasted, <laughs> but hey, you know what? Good on Bill. Good for you, Bill. I'm gonna give you a polite golf class. Yes. That's yes. Nice. Good, good, good for you, Bill. Bill O'Brien. Put your glasses on, Bill. Yeah, keep those glasses on, man. Come on, dude. What are we oh, doing? Yeah. Strap those to your face, dude. Let's go goggles on this one. Let's keep those there. If you needed one more sign that 2020 is the last year ever, Bill O'Brien just got a, a series of golf claps on Times Hours. Welcome to the end times, yeah. folks. Unbelievable. Yeah, the end. The end is near.